Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the call. I'm Barbara LeGrand Cockrell. I'm Ron LeGrand's sister and one of the mentors, and I wanted to tell you that we hold this call on the second Monday of every month. The Gold Club members can submit deals prior to the call that we'll review right away. And if you're not a Gold Club member, then you can listen but can't participate. You can get more information and sign up for the Gold Club at www.ronsgoldclub.com. So, um, so if you're a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal that you submitted, then press star six to be entered into the queue. And if you're a Gold Club member and you did not dial in on the interactive line that's listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage after you log in, then you should hang up now and dial back in using that phone number and access code if you want to ask any questions. So um, I am going to take the first caller now. So whoever's in the queue. So um, if you're in the queue now, then go ahead and ask a question. So I'm looking for the first caller to get into the queue with a question. Okay, so Mike, are you on? Mike, are you in the queue? Mike, can you hear me? Who's in the queue now? Hello? I'm open for questions, so I'm waiting for oh, someone there we to go. go ahead. And... Sorry, I was muted. Okay, well, I was wondering, cause <laughs> is this Mike? This is. Hi, Mike. How can I help you? All right, let me go back to my pipeline real quick. I have a property that I came across. I ran by another one of my uh, informal um, people who's more experienced. <clears throat> they, you know, they kind of confirmed what I suspected. It's a good deal. But so um, I didn't send in the PI sheet just because I uh, didn't. Um, I wasn't around email earlier today. But long story short. Um, I have a mobile home that I found in Texas, highly motivated seller. Um, he said that about, um, he said most of the homes in this park go for between 120 and 150. He said he wants 110 for it. I said, is that the best you could do? He said, well, I could do 100, um, but he'll go lower than that. I'm quite sure of that. He said he wants 1200 bucks a month to cover his mortgage, and it also comes with $600 lot fees, and he said he's totally open to a 10-year note. Um, 
The problem is, the reason I brought this up is I talked to him again today after I got some input from an attorney on how to get this done. Um, he bought this mobile home from somebody who bought it from a mobile home manufacturer called Sun Homes in Texas. It was financed through their lending institution, which is either in-house or a third party. He did not know. And it sits on a lot where he cannot move it. He said he's had an attorney in Texas working on it for three months to try and get the title untangled. Um, he said the only way he could see, he said he could sell it to me cash just fine, but because of how tangled up the title is, he said doing a terms deal is probably um, you know it would be difficult if uh, if if even possible. And so just because um, there is money to be made in this deal, I'm wondering what you advise what you might advise as far as getting this title untangled. Well, certainly that's the job of the attorney to untangle the title, whatever needs to be done, and the title needs to be cleared at closing. You can still get it under a contract, and you can still work on um, a closing date, and then it'd be up to the title, the uh, attorney or title company to get the title cleared. I don't know exactly what the entanglement is, but that's the job of the attorney to fix it. So your job would be to get it under contract and let the attorney fix the title. So I wouldn't do cash, whether you do cash or you do terms, you still got to get a clear title. And so the, it would be closed once the title is clear or at the advice of the attorney on um, whether it's a special warranty deed or what. But that's the job and the advice of the attorney to clear that. And that would be my attorney or the seller's attorney? Your attorney. You want to be in control of that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the seller may already have turned it over to the attorney to do the, to clear the title. I don't know the situation, and that's okay. Let the seller's attorney clear the title, but until it gets clear, then, uh, I mean, that's, that, that's what needs to happen. I would just assume let the seller pay his attorney to get it untangled to sell it to me yes. since he's motivated. Yes. Yes. Uh, the seller's probably already working on that, and the title's got to be cleared first. And then once it's cleared, it can close. Okay. Yep. Okay. Thank now, you. Now, you said that it includes a $600 lot fee. You've got to be careful because if this is not on real land, you're not buying property, you're buying personal property. You're not buying real estate, you're buying personal property. Correct. So that is a depreciating asset. So you want to know that, and depending on how old it is, you want to know your exit strategy because you said that it's financed through the lender depending on how old it is. So, so to know what you're going to do with it, you can't do a lease option if a seller cannot get financing elsewhere if it's too old. So you need to find out how long they are, you know, if you can get financing for it and the age of it because you don't want to put a buyer in on a lease option if they can't get finance. You can sell it on owner financing, but keep in mind what you're selling is personal property and you have a depreciating asset, so you need to take that into consideration too. You're not selling real property. Yeah. If okay. it's on a lot. Okay? Yeah, thank you. All right, Mike. So you need to know your exit strategy and you need to know what a true ARV would be and 
Um, you need to know what it would actually rent for, even though it's 1200 a month, that seems a little bit high for that price. You know, need to know what it would actually rent for. So that includes sure. a lot rent. So you need to do some more homework before you jump into that. Ten years seems good, <clears throat> but there's factors like what do they want down? Hopefully nothing. And then what is the true value of it? And so other factors, and then find out if it can be financed and so on. So do a little bit more of your homework, and then you'll know if it's a deal or it's not. Okay. Yep, thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to take the next caller. So who's up next in the queue? It looks like Jeff. Jeff, are you there? Just waiting for you to come on. There's a little bit of a delay, so um, go ahead. If you're in the queue, it looks like Jeff, go ahead and speak and tell me what your question is. Hello, Jeff, can you hear me? Jeff, are you up? I can. Is that you, Jeff? No, it's Ted. Hi, Ted. Hey, I'm assuming this is Ron's uh, sister? It is. I'm Barbara LeGrand Cockrell. How are you, yeah, Ted? Barbara, we've met. Nice to talk to you. Uh, I, got you two questions if, I got two questions, if you don't mind. Um, okay. I was pumping gas the other day, and I got advertising on my truck, and a guy came up to me and said his uncle passed away. Uh, it's somewhere around eight, ten years ago, and his wife passed away, and there's no uh, children, um, and the house is vacant. I drove by it. There's some love letters on the front door. Um, I called the city today, tax assessor, and somebody's paying the taxes. She couldn't tell me who. Um, I'm assuming from the love letters on the front door that the, there's some uh, – code violations or whatever. I took picture. I got to call the sheriff's department. But how do I find out who's controlling this, who's making these tax payments so I have somebody to talk to? Well, first of all, you need to go <clears throat> look up look up the property on the um, property appraiser's office, do a search, and see if it's still in the seller's name. Or if the bank, okay, so if it's still in the seller's name, then it could be that the payments have been escrowed. Um, I, now, he's been, he's been dead almost eight to ten years. All right, and so the house is free and clear? I have no idea. Here's another uh, thing that, okay. that, here's another thing that uh, his, uh, that the guy that approached me said he said the city did a rehab for for the owner under the stipulation that he must live in it for ten years. I don't. I've never heard of anything like that. Me either. <laughs> they don't do anything for free. City did a rehab <laughs> for the owner uh, under the stipulation he must live in it for 10 years. But how would the city do a rehab? The city's not just going to rehab somebody's I'm assuming, property. I'm assuming they paid, maybe paid for it. I don't know. I, but that's that's a small issue here. I'm only concerned with finding out who controls this and uh, being able to talk to somebody to see if I can put a deal together. 
So is the uh, property still in the deceased owner's name? It's in the deceased owner's name, him and his wife. And they're both dead. And both of them passed away? Yes, ma'am. Well, then did you ask the uncle? Uh, he, He didn't know anything more than what I'm sharing with you. There's no siblings. Mm-hmm. Well, um, maybe yeah, I mean, there's a, no kids. Okay. Maybe a tax lien. Maybe a tax. Maybe it was uh, sold on a tax certificate, and whoever it's bought still the in tax his name. certificate. It's still in his name. The deceased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make sense either. So how could I find out who's paying? How could I find out who's paying the taxes? Well, you could contact the tax office, uh, the property appraiser's office, the tax office. I don't know if they will tell you or not, but that's a start. And so... Um, well, the tax office told me that the taxes are being paid, but they couldn't tell me by who. Okay. So... Can a lawyer find this um, stuff out? Yeah, that's because um, you're going to have to get an attorney. You would have to get an attorney involved in uh, doing. Uh, I'm, so it's, it hasn't been through probate. It hasn't been through any of that then. So nope, nope. It's I mean, no. The tax department. There's no liens. I'm assuming from what was on the front doors that there are some uh, violations problems, which I'll find out tomorrow when I contact the sheriff's department, but that doesn't have uh-huh. anything to do with who controls the property. Right. So did you look, so, all right, so the, there's no deed transfers, there's no quit claim, there's none of that. Um, that's it's a really a crazy good situation. question. It really is a crazy situation, because usually you would have some kind of notification and there would be something involved. Um, especially, with him being dead, especially with him being dead eight to ten years, you think something would have triggered something, you know? Well, somebody's got control over it. Somebody might not have recorded something. Um, hmm. That's a good one. I would okay, do... Well. I'll check with us. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I would talk to the uncle and see if he knows any people. I mean, I've had to call. When I knew somebody was dead, I called the obituary. I called the funeral home to find you out know, I who had was that, that. I had that thought this morning about Googling the owner's obituary and seeing what the uh, next of kin list was. Yeah, sometimes you can do just a skip trace on that person. You can Google their name. You can do fastpeoplesearch.com, through people search to find phone numbers. But that's a good one because, like, I called the the funeral home and found out that the sister was there, and I actually called, tracked down the sister and talked to a sister of a property, and um, they didn't know it was still in their name and not that the bank took it over. And so... You just got to get a little bit, do some due diligence there. I mean, your attorney might be able to find out a little bit more information as far as if um, 
but then you're paying an attorney, so you don't really want to go that route until you know you got a better chance of getting the deal. So you're just going to have yeah. to keep searching like that and see if you can find anything in probate or a trustee or uh, I don't okay. know. Okay. Then my second question. My second question. And ask um, the neighbors. Ask the neighbors who they know. Ask the uncle who he knows. Just keep digging deeper because that's a great possibility. I mean, I'd check more into those tax certificates and make sure there hasn't been a tax certificate sold that hasn't been redeemed. So. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. That's office. good. That's good advice. Thank you, Barbara. Okay. Um, then yeah. I just had a I just had a tenant buyer exercise their option to purchase. We closed on May thirty first. My funds are with a qualified intermediary right now, um, and I know most of the basics of uh, ten thirty one. Uh, are you limited to three properties, Max? That you can use your ten thirty one money with. I believe that's yeah. true. Okay, I, I didn't know if that was the limit or not. That's, I mean, it doesn't make any difference either way. Uh, in your opinion right now, um, I'm up here by Cincinnati, northern Kentucky. Uh, I know different areas are different. Uh, are higher price, do you want to get involved in higher price, you know, properties? What, if I didn't want to try to find three, maybe find one, um, you know, three quarters to a million or whatever. Well, it'd be a whole lot easier to find three properties you can just take a down payment on with the money, and then you got three instead of one big one. So you can get seller on terms, and you got three that you can just put that into a down payment. But do you have a feeling on if the economy, current economy is, do you want to shy away from higher end and stay more to the meat and gravy? Well, uh, it, you the cl the further you go over the average price range home, the harder it's going to find to it, harder it's going to be to find a buyer because your buyer pool is limited, and then it's going to take more money for marketing the home for sale because those it, the higher priced homes aren't the people that are looking on Zillow and Craigslist and signs in yards. So you're going to spend more money in marketing it and. Um, it depends on what state you're in too and whether how stable the homes are so um i think you'd be better off to buy the three average priced homes you can gotcha. get some good deals on that than just one big multi multi or, or high dollar property because gotcha. um yeah it's always better to spend your money on the down payment on the three than the one large. Gotcha. Uh, and I'm sorry, just one last thing. I get reports from Zillow for different zip codes, and it shows how many homes were for sale and how many were bought. And I know if I asked Ron this question, he would tell me all of them, but can you, would you pick uh, more houses being sold than listed in a zip code or more houses available than being sold in a zip code? To go after. Do you follow what, what I'm saying? By listed. If it's on Zillow, it's listed for sale, and if it's listed, if it's on Zillow, then it's available. So no, I don't understand your question. Okay, there's more inventory. Uh, then let's do it this way. 
there's in these zip code reports it's shown more inventory listed than inventory being sold in a month's time frame or it's showing less inventory for sale and more inventory being sold which i would think that would be a hotter market so do you want to go to, towards more an area where more houses are available or go to an area where more houses are being sold than listed well you want an area where more houses are available that gives you an opportunity I don't know if you're talking about outside of your main area. So you no, want to be I'm close talking, to your main area. I'm talking area. my area. I'm talking my, my zip code. Okay. All right. Well, in your zip codes, just go after them all. I mean, because uh, the Zillow. You sound like Ron. You must be related. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, that you want to go after them all because in Zillow, you know that it's like putting on the MLS, so you don't know whether – your motivated sellers are going to be fewer, so call them all. There can't be that many. Call them all. That's what you want to do. And um, and then you want to actually get more motivated seller leads than just Zillow. But if they're listed for sale, then by all means, yeah, call yeah. them. Because I, in a lot of areas, there that. aren't a lot of those listed. So you should call all of them and um, work them. I got you. Okay, well, thanks for being patient with me, and I appreciate your answers, and you have a good evening. Well, certainly. You're certainly welcome, and you have a good evening, too. Take care. You, too. Okay, so, Frank, are you up in the queue? Do you have a question? Hello, can you hear me? I can. Who's on the call? Yes, this is uh, Frank. Okay, so this is my first time on uh, a call like this. I I did not know how, how this works. Maybe it would be a good idea to share at the beginning of the meeting to everybody because there might be other people that that's their first time, how it works, et cetera, et cetera. Just an idea, just a suggestion. I thought I did. did I thought I did, Frank. Did you hear me when I was talking with the introduction? Did you hear that part? No, I did not. So anyway, right at seven. No, I came in five minutes early. Uh, okay. But anyways, well, anyways, just to be so, let me go over that, Frank, while you're on the phone, and for the benefit of everybody else, in case they didn't hear it. So the purpose of this call is we hold this call the second Monday of every month, and Gold Club members can submit deals prior to the call that we'll review here. And if you're a Gold Club member, if you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen, but you can't participate. So you can get more information and sign up for the Gold Club at rongoldclub.com. So obviously you know how to get into the queue now. For those of you that came on later, missed it. You To ask a question, then you press star six and you're entered into the queue. And if you're a Gold Club member and you did not dial into the interactive line that is listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage after you log in, then you should hang up now and dial back in using that phone number and access code if you want to ask any questions. So Frank, just for your benefit, um, so you know that they have this call. It's a Q&A. It's a global Q&A call for Gold Club members, which is held the second Monday of every month at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So is there any other questions that you had regarding the call that I can clarify for you and the other listeners? Thank you. Not, not for the call itself. 
Okay, so what's your specific question? Okay, so there's two things. The first of all is I, I never received the newsletter, the, the weekly newsletter. Um, it's been about three or four months now that I've been a GoCom member. Uh, I mentioned this uh, to a gentleman that I talked to about two months ago. He said he was going to look into it, and uh, I didn't get any, uh, any response. So I sent an email to report at Ron Legrand, something like that, and I'm still not getting the newsletter. Okay, so um, I don't know what I should do. Uh, do you want me to put my email in the chat? No, I want you to call VIP services. Let me give you that phone number, and if you explain that to him, them, then they can help you with that. Could be that there's a problem getting in on your email or that they don't have you registered, but if you'll call them, then they'll take care of it for you. So are you ready? I can give you that number for VIP yep. services. Go ahead. All right, so it's 888-840-8382. Just let them know that you're not getting the email, the newsletter that's sent out every Friday. I think I'll, I already did that. I don't know if it, that's the number I call, but I'll try again. Thank you. So um, question I had um, is I know Ron is not a fan of having uh, debt to your name, but how about borrowing money under your LLC? Is there any situation where Ron's philosophy would, uh, or Ron's would, would pursue a deal where, where he has to borrow money but put it under his LLC? As long as he's not personally guaranteeing the debt and it's under the LLC, obviously you'd like to get private money because you can get that at an interest rate that you can um, negotiate and probably lower than you're going to get from anywhere else. Um, he just doesn't want you to have, he wants you to have non-recourse debt where they can't come after you. Okay. Okay. But if, if there are situations where if it's, you know, under your LLC, but obviously you want to try to do seller terms. And of course it depends on the deal. Are you getting in and out? You're rehabbing, you're selling, you're whatever. But he does not want you to personally okay. guarantee. And if I debt. were to so, borrow money under my LLC, then perhaps uh, just to protect myself, I should get another LLC for my other deal, right? So that if something goes bad, with the first deal where I borrowed money, they can all only go to one property under the LLC. Does that make sense? You're not owning, you're not owning property in your LLC. You're owning property in a land trust. Your LLC is the trustee of the land trust. Hello? So, did you get that, Frank? Frank? Hello? Can you hear me, Frank? Did I lose you? Frank, I think I can hear you on the other line, but you don't seem to be able to hear me. Can you yes, hear me? Hello. Can you hear me, Frank? Hello? Frank, hello, can you hear me? Hello? 
Um, so, Frank, I guess you can't hear me. <clears throat> so, let's see. I don't know if it's you or my end. So, what I'm going to do is I am going to take the next caller. And so, uh, I don't know what to do so Frank can hear me, but I'm going to take the next caller. Maybe you can get back into the queue. Can you hear me at all? Yeah, I, I can hear you now. I don't know what okay. happened. I don't know. It's probably on your end because I could hear you the whole time. I don't know. Technology is great, but it's not perfect. But to answer your question, let me see if I can remember the question. <laughs> oh, okay, I remember the question. <laughs> so the question, So the answer is you don't own property in your LLC. You own property in a land trust. Your LLC is simply the trustee of the land trust. Okay. So you would not have assets in that LLC. So does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So as long as it's the properties in the land trust, if I cannot make payments anymore, they can only go through that property because I, it's that property that guarantees Okay, but even though it was money borrowed by the LLC, the lender would not be able to go after the LLC, which which yes. owns several properties? The LLC doesn't own several properties. The land trust owns the property. Okay. So you don't want to put other – so you see what I'm saying? The land trust owns that property. You only put one property in one land trust. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. But let's say the property that I that I own under under a land trust is under an LLC. I borrowed money under the LLC. Let's say I cannot make payments on one of those one property. The money is borrowed through the LLC. What's going to happen? What's the worst that can happen? They're going to come after the assets of that LLC, and you don't want to have assets in that LLC, like bank account money. You don't want to have money in that LLC. Okay. So, yeah, you would not want that to be where any of your monies are held. Got it. But they would not be able to go after the other properties within that LLC? Because they're in a land trust, is that it? You don't have other properties in that LLC. The LLC does not own other properties. You have put the other properties in a land trust that is in a land trust. The LLC. So, um, you if if you're going to personally, if you're going to have an LLC borrow money, then you want to keep that separate from. Um, your other endeavors. So, but a land trust owns one property. The LLC is just a trustee. Okay. Okay. But you, so, you do not want assets. You don't want anything for them to come after in that LLC. So the answer to your question would be yes. You would want another LLC to have your monies, um, other monies in. You don't want you don't want them to have anything in that LLC for them to to come after. 
Yeah, but but the, you do not own properties in that LLC. You own it in the land trust. Yeah, but if how what so what would guarantee the the uh, the the loan? Let's say I go to a financial institution. I would the the collateral would have to be the property that I'm purchasing with the loan, right? Well, yes. If you're buying that property, then and you're personally guarantee it from your LLC, then that may be a situation where you're buying it from your LLC. That is correct, and you don't want anything else in that LLC. Okay. Okay, so it would be LLC and property. And the bank would loan to the LLC, and LLC would own only one property. Yep. Okay. And I cannot put a land trust between the property and the LLC. Is that correct? I don't know what you mean by between. When you take title to a property, you're putting it into a land trust, and your trustee is the LLC. Okay. Okay and okay the uh, but the 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 loan the financial institution would uh, lend me money even if the property is in a land trust. Yeah, that depends on your financial institution whether they're going to do that or not. I don't okay. know what financial institution you're using. But the ideal way that Ron's teaches you to do it is to put it in a land trust and your trustee is the LLC. But if you're going to borrow money against it, then they're going to um, want it most likely in your LLC as the owner. Yeah, because that's the only way. That depends, that depends on the financial institute, but there shouldn't be anything in your LLC there should not be anything in your other than that in the LLC. There's nothing for them to get in, the, in a default. If they default against your LLC, there should not be anything else. Just the property, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. You're welcome. But in most cases, if there's any other situation, you're not borrowing from the LLC. You're putting in a land trust in the LLC is just a trustee, and the best thing to do is to try to get it on terms, but there are situations where um, <clears throat> you can't, and so if you can borrow in your LLC and there's no other way to do it, and it's a great deal, then you're not, and as long as it's non-recourse and they can't come after you personally, then that works. Okay. Thank you for the detail. You're welcome. Okay, so who else is up in the queue? I'm taking the next question from the next seller. Um, who else is in the queue and who else has a question? Now's your time to jump into the queue. And to ask a question, you wanna press star six to be entered into the queue. So I don't see anybody else in the queue right now, so I'm opening, in, I'm opening it up to questions, but in order to ask a question, then you gotta get into the queue. So I see that there's other people in the queue. I mean, not there's other people on the call, but I don't see anybody in the queue. 
So you guys got to join in and hit star six to be entered into the queue so that you can ask a question. So who else has questions? Okay, somebody just joined in. Who just joined into the queue? You're in the queue, go ahead and speak so I can hear you. Waiting on you, so are you in the queue? So you should be unmuted, so go ahead and speak. Okay, there's a question uh, about the, the contracts, okay. So, who's on the call? Who's speaking? This is Samantha. Hi, how are you? Okay, and you? Good. Okay, this is about the, um, a question on the contract. Okay, now, okay. Ron says to not send like a letter of intent prior to doing your contract. Right. Okay. So um, I think I kind of forgot my question, but in, uh, somewhere in the contract, it seems like um, in the in the studying, like in one of the videos, it says just the opposite. <laughs> to me, I got I, maybe I misinterpreted. So which one should should I or should I not send a letter of intent prior to? Prior to, contract, prior to submitting a contract? Yes. Just, no, you just want to negotiate with a seller on a single-family home, just negotiate and just do the agreement. you got to find out okay. what terms are agreeable, and instead of sending a letter of intent, just go for it and, and okay. just uh, talk to the seller and meet with the home or meet them at the home if it's close by or get the terms negotiated where you know what the terms are and make sure you're clear on what the terms are and all the details on how to fill out the agreement that you're in agreement with and then just go ahead and send the purchase and sell agreement. Okay. Okay. Also, I had ran into a problem where I have um, a client that wants to sell, but they have like a lot of land with the house. So I'm kind of having a problem as far as offer, you know, trying to negotiate the offer with them or, again, do I just let them make me the offer and just take it from there? Just stick with that. Stick with the script. Well, if you're asking me, do you make an offer, the answer is no. Ron tells you okay. you don't make offers. You ask questions. <laughs> so you're always okay. asking the seller what is the lease you'll take for the property or the house? And if it has a lot of land with it, it might be a little bit tricky because the value is going to go up with the land. So you just got to make sure that you're comparing comps with other houses that have comparable land and not just another house with a single lot. So you get a true mm -hmm. accurate comp and a true accurate value. Okay. 
but this property is kind of smack dab in the middle of a resi another residential area, but I don't mm -hmm. think they have any, like it has ponds and everything else on it. So it's kind of Yeah, hard that to can be a little tricky. So you might right. want to find out what the extra land would go for in that same area, how much it would sell for to, and how much mm -hmm. it would be worth. Of course, the more land, usually the lower price per acre or per lot than if it's just another lot. So that's where you got to just do your homework and figure that out. But let's, before you do any of that work, because you're not going and doing comps. You're not going and investigating anything. You're not going and doing research on anything until you talk to a seller and find out what the seller's asking and if they're willing to do terms. You don't go researching comps or any of that statistics. You just learn to pick up the phone and call the seller and figure out what are they asking. Oh, well, how did you come... And then how did you come up with that price? Do you, what do you think it'll appraise for? Did you get a market analysis? Did you get a realtor analysis? Do you have an appraisal? Um, is that what houses in, with that comparable land is selling for in your area? Pick their brain. And then once you know that they're interested in doing terms and the terms seem like they might be favorable and good to work with, that's when you want to dig deeper and try to get comps. But until then, you don't, you just pick up the phone and you call the seller and you ask the questions that are on your script and you ask the million dollar questions to know how much monthly, how much down, how much um, <clears throat> the, the seller will take, lease they'll take, and how long. So um, okay. you got to know that they're interested in doing terms before you go any further or that they've got okay. this cash price that's way below um, what the market would be. Okay. I don't think they should just want to cash out. Did that answer your okay. question? Thank you much. You're welcome. Okay. Okay, so who's up next in the queue? Hi, Barbara. This is Mario. How are you? Great. How are you, Mario? I'm doing great. Thank you. So I have a quick question. I live in Canada, but I, I'm marketing Georgia. Right now, I can only afford $500 per month in marketing. So uh, could you help me with a game plan? How should I allocate this $500 every month? As far okay, as marketing well, goes. all right. So <clears throat> you should always do the free to low cost stuff first, and then you step it up from there. So everybody can do Gold Club leads, they can call Zillow leads, they can put ads in Craigslist, they can um, advertise in Nextdoor, that's N-E-X-T-D-O-O-R.com, which is your local media, social media site. So that will not only, you can put ads that you have, a that you buy houses, but you can also look for houses that are for sale. So there are a lot of free to low cost stuff you can do. You can get field agents out there looking for you. You can um, put signs inside neighborhoods, nailing them up on trees that are hopefully that won't be taken down on public trees. These are the low cost stuff with signs. Um, there are a lot of things that you can do with that. There is Ron's Deal Finder, which you can go to 
ronlegrand.com forward slash deal finder. And for $300 a month, you can get a subscription for the first three months. And then I think it's a couple hundred after that. And so what that does is uses artificial intelligence through RealFlow to find the sellers that are most likely to be in a position to sell, <clears throat> the most motivated sellers. They could be out-of-town owners. They could be, I don't know how they find this, artificial intelligence and how they're motivated to sell. But you could do that. So Ron's Deal Finder is a good um, option for you on a low budget of 500 a month. Um, so that's a great start. And then uh, let's see, that and some postcards maybe, um, USPS.com, Every Door Direct, to find uh, your specific area that you might want to target postcards to. So. Now, every um, they, they do not print your postcard, right? You have to print and, and bring it to them, right? That's the mailer list, and then you've got to create the postcards and the print, correct? So yeah. that's one avenue. Um, field agents out there looking for signs that you can pay 10 bucks for the sign, picture of the sign, the uh, phone number, the address, the house, and such. So with 500 and then get your VA source and leads for you for all of those areas, Facebook Marketplace. Um, so that's what I would suggest to start out with that. With that. Got it. And yeah, make sure you incorporate all the free to low cost stuff first too. Yeah, I've been calling uh, Zillow. Uh, I've been placing Craigslist ads, but I mm -hmm. haven't done the other the other options. I'll I'll try them out. All right, and you can also put ads on Facebook and post on Facebook. So you want to incorporate everything. You could go into Facebook groups and look for wholesalers that are that you say I'm looking for three wholesale deals this month. Message me if you have any. Activity breeds activity. You get out there, you can um, network with people. That's the slow way, but talk to everybody you know. Hey, do you know anybody that has a house for sale? You give somebody a business card, you always ask, hey, can I have your phone number and address, or phone number, your name and phone number to follow up with you? Do you know anybody that has a, needs to sell a house or has a house for sale or looking to buy? Um, you got to open your mouth and talk and, and ask and then um okay so i got another idea so you can go to your property appraiser's office and you can get a list of out of town owners cheap usually and then you could do mailers to them or if you had to worst case and pardon uh, what type of owners you said i i missed that out-of-town owners, your property appraiser's office will have out-of-town owners list. You can get a large list for cheap. And so you could send um, letters to them or you could track down people's phone numbers. you got to just get put the effort into it. Go to fastpeoplesearch.com, truepeoplesearch.com, free lookup, or Google their name. 
and call them. Um, and you can get, well, foreclosures are going to take more concentrated effort because you've got to send them letters. But you can get foreclosure leads free from your county courthouse. And then, but then you've got to send letters to them. Or you can look up their names and call them. But if you're going to do foreclosure, you've got to be committed to doing the follow-up letters. And you've got to be committed to sending them regular letters, not just one. So these are a lot of great ideas that you can put in place, Mario. And you get started and see what develops from that. But get aggressive and get get going with it. And so those are um, some really good ideas. Okay, okay, thank you. You're welcome. So who's up next in the queue? Lowry, or is that you in the queue? I see your name coming up. Are you on the line? Hello? Is there anybody in the queue? I'm looking for the next caller. You can press star six to get into the queue to ask a question. So if you haven't already, go ahead and get into the queue. I only see one person come up. Is anybody in the queue now? Hello? I heard a little click, but I don't hear anybody talking, so it's getting lonely on here by myself, guys. Come on, get in the queue and ask questions. This is your chance. Don't be shy. Hello? I don't hear anybody. <laughs> so jump in the queue. I'm going to hit next. You guys get back in the queue. And hit star six so I can answer your questions. Um, okay, who's up next? Frank, are you up? Hello? Guys, don't be afraid to ask a question. No, no questions are stupid questions, so come on in. Join in. I'm waiting for somebody to talk. <laughs> Um, are you on mute, Frank? If you're in the queue, take yourself off of mute so that you can talk. Hello? Hello? So I'm waiting for the next question. Who's up? If you're in the queue, please take yourself off of mute so that you can um, talk. I see two people in the queue, but I don't hear anybody talking. So, Frank, you do you have your phone muted? Lowry, are you in the queue? Inquiring minds are listening to your questions, but there are no questions. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to hit next question, see if somebody else will come up that can talk. <clears throat> All right, so <clears throat> I'm just waiting for you to ask a question. Come on, guys. Um, jump in and ask a question. Hit star six, get in the queue, take yourself off mute. Hello? 
Hello. All right. I heard somebody click in, but I don't hear anybody talking. So you got to take your phone off of mute. I don't want to keep doing this. So I'm going to say going once. You guys have any other questions that I can answer for you? If not, then I'm going to say good night. I'm going to try one more time hitting the next question. So if you're up in the queue, then go ahead. It only takes a few second delay. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. Who's calling? Can you, can you can you hear me? I can. Is this Frank? Yes, it's Frank. Uh, there appears to be a problem with this uh, software that you're using. Uh, again, it's my first time here, but this is, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I've been saying hello for about uh, five minutes. I'm not on mute. And uh, okay. I'm posting uh, messages on the chat here, but... Uh, there's no no response. So, um, is this the first time that you've had some issues like that with this uh, it, software? It is. It is. It certainly is. I've never had a problem like this where I couldn't hear anybody or you guys couldn't hear me. So I don't know. I can let them know that um, you had a problem that I couldn't hear you, but there's nothing more than I can do on my end. That's okay. That's okay. The suggestion I would make is keep your eyes on the chat because if someone cannot uh, cannot use their microphone, they'll they'll put something on the chat. But anyways, as a as a closer, the question that I would like to ask is: In I think Ron's been been doing this for what thirty years, thirty five years. He's been through different cycles. Besides not putting any depth under his name, not guaranteeing personally guaranteeing any any loans, uh, any financing. What are the other two or three big lessons you think Ron has had in these 35 years of, of experience? Well, that's certainly the first one. And I would say that he doesn't do rentals anymore. He doesn't want to deal with renters. And that is why he does and teaches you to do a lease option and not straight rental so that you have a non-refundable option deposit that you've collected and they have skin in the game. So I would say that's one. And um, a big mistake that I see students making is they don't invest any money into marketing at all. They feel like I'm just going to wait till I get a deal to invest in the marketing and sometimes you need to invest in marketing to get a deal and uh, like any business you've got to put a little bit of money into it to do some marketing and get going but I don't know any other business that has the, such a little greater return to get a large uh, I mean a little bit invested to get a larger rate of return so those would be some of the um, some of the mistakes and then being afraid and just letting fear stop you from success and being afraid. So those are some of the big mistakes that students make. Okay. When uh, I've listened to all the videos on the uh, quick start in the uh, Ron uh, Go Club, uh, some of them are a little old, but all of them, most of them have very valuable information. Uh, so Ron mentions often that he 
he doesn't like rentals. He doesn't like to, to just to rent his properties, only lease option. When did he start renting? When did he realize that lease uh, rent to own was a much better option if you own the property? When did that happen? What what made him change his mind? Well, when he dealt with all of these renters that weren't paying and tear up the property and uh that's when he learned and went through the school of hard knocks so that you don't have to do that and then discovered a better way and taught you a better way i don't know exactly when that was i just remember that i watched him in the 80s make a mess of things with all the rentals and i didn't want any part of it and then i watched him overcome that and find other solutions and become very successful with it okay have you ever dealt with a property management company? Yes. Okay, that did not but help. Are they the best? Is they the be, Are they the best option for you? You mean as far as rentals? No, because then you still are at risk whether you're managing it or you're not. You still have a tenant in there that doesn't have skin in the game, and they're still apt to um, not have skin in the game that they can walk away from. So uh, that's why the lease option is better because they have skin in the game and uh, they don't want to lose it. So they have something at risk. Yeah. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I'm gonna see if there's anybody else in the queue. You guys jump on the queue right now. I don't see anybody else in it. So you're gonna have to hit star six to be entered into the queue. So I'm going to take the next question. <clears throat> Says the queue is currently empty right now. So if you have a question, join in now. And if you don't, then I'm assuming nobody else has any questions. I'm here for you guys. So if you have questions, now is the time to jump in. But I don't see anybody else in the queue at this time. So... Go ahead and get in the queue right now and let me know. Okay, Ken, you in there? Well, you were in there. And so who's up next? Who's got a question? Sorrento, can you hear me? Are you in the queue? Looks like your name popped up, but I don't hear you talking. So go ahead and start speaking. Go ahead, who's ever up next, go ahead and ask your question. Yes. All right, Samantha. go ahead. Okay. Hi. I was asking if you all would be doing the deal reviews tonight. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Could you speak just a little louder, please? <laughs> I said I was asking if you all would be doing the deal reviews. Sure. <clears throat> what questions do you have? I think you submitted some. What can I answer for you? Yes, I submitted uh, four. All right. What's the question? Uh, uh, about the, like the constructing, structuring the deal, basically. What's your question? Okay, what do you all normally do when you do the deal review? 
since this is my first time on home. Okay, well, I have your lead sheets here, but I don't know what your question is. So my answer to you is, again, um, I think you heard me tell you or somebody else that you don't, you don't make offers. You're going to call the seller, and you're going to ask this terms question. You're going to use the closing call script. You're going to ask them if they're interested in doing the terms. You don't use terms if you're, you can make their payment, and then... You're going to find out the questions by using your script um, about the monthly payment, the down payment, the term, and the best price that they have. So you're going to use your closing call script and get those questions answered. So I'm looking at the lead sheets that you sent that are just uh, has the asking price and a little bit of details there. So. You, I can't answer any questions for you because you got to call the seller and ask the questions, and you got to ask them if they're interested in doing terms or not. So, to be more specific, looks like these okay. are just straight leads that you might have gotten from Zillow, right? Uh, no, some of them um, were actually my neighborhood, and I was driving okay. by at the number and right. called. Okay. Have you called any of them yet? Yes, all of them. Great. But like the, so, the second time, I might have attempted, but I could not get through. So, okay. which sometimes happens when I get deals or whatever, I can talk to them one time. Then when I try to call them back, I I get crickets. So, <laughs> I was thinking maybe if they got a, a different number, they might pick up. Okay, well, there's nothing listed on these sheets that you've talked to them or got any questions answered, so I don't know how to advise you on that because you didn't ask the terms question. So there's no details okay. on here. So this is where you've got to take your closing call script and make the call. And I can direct you guys. You start out like a VA would ask. If it's, if it's something that nobody's called on, you can take your lead property information sheet. You go over to B. There's a section right there in B, and this is what the VA is going to say. Well, um, hi, Sally. Uh, you have a little bit of introduction there. Uh, I see that you have your house listed for sale, and you probably see it on Zillow. I got a few details here, but um, so we can either pay cash, and I'm reading right from the section in B, we can either pay cash or make your payment so you're paid off in the future. The cash price will be considerably less than the payment price, and there are a lot of strong reasons to consider payments if you don't have to have okay. all your cash the day you close. Would you like for me to right. explain okay. all your I've, options I've, for the best deal? So that's okay. when you go from there and you find out, or do you have to have all your cash at closing? Then you know whether it's yes or no, and if they're interested in and they want you to explain, and you take that closing call script and you go through all the benefits of it. And you ask them the terms question. Do you, okay, so okay. we can make your monthly payment. How much is your monthly payment, including taxes okay. and insurance? Okay, go ahead. Okay. I, okay, I didn't know whether you, I want us to send, send them in for you to say, to review. Okay, but I had the paperwork, so I kind of understand how the script goes. But I, don't, I was trying to get the gist of why why we need to send them in. 
This is what I'm saying. If you, well, if you, I see I see your lead sheets. I saw saw that you sent them in, and there's no information other right. than the sellers asking three hundred thousand on this one on civil, and uh, he's relocating, and so I can't advise you on it because I don't know any questions. I, you, I don't know any details. Okay. You didn't ask the terms. You haven't okay. made that follow up call. So, yeah, right. So normally so when you out to do, do review. Normally, when you all do the deal reviews, what do you do? Do you just go back over the sheet or tell them? Normally, the, if we do a deal review, the then um, go ahead. You talk first. Go ahead. Look, I'm listening. I'm too. Okay. All right. So normally, when we do a deal review, we're, re we're reviewing a deal, but there isn't a deal here to discuss because we don't know the terms question. So if you were going to say that they were asking 300 and it's worth 350 and they were asking for X number of dollars down in the monthly and the term, and I would advise you on whether this is a good deal or not, and I would review the okay. deal that you have negotiated and tell you um, some input okay. and some advice on it. But okay. there isn't anything okay. to review yet because you haven't talked to the seller to discuss the terms. Gotten to that point. Okay, I got you. All right. Thank you much. You're welcome. I can get a so better understanding of what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. So just go make that call. Use that closing call script and get those questions answered. And then you'll know whether it's a deal or not. Okay? All right. So I am going to take the next caller. Get in the queue if you have another question. Um, I don't see anybody else in the queue right now. And I'm open to ask uh, taking your questions, but you got to get in the queue. So I'm going to wait a few seconds for someone else to jump in the queue. If nobody else jumps in the queue, then I'm assuming there's no other questions and we'll end the call. So star six to get in the queue. And I'm going to, I don't see anybody. I'm in the chat. I don't see anybody making any comments. So I'm going to say going once. Got a question, jump in now, or I'm going to end the call. So going once. <laughs> uh, come on, guys. I, you certainly, if this is your opportunity, come on in and ask a question. Going twice. All right, so I guess nobody has any other questions, so I am going to end the call for this evening. You guys get out there and take massive action. If you're afraid to make the calls, do it anyway. The only way that you're going to get better is to do it afraid. So just jump out there. You might not be good in the beginning, but the only way you're going to get better is to do it afraid and do it, and even if you're bad, so... Use that script, make those calls, don't be afraid, Get take some action steps and make it happen. So I want to wish you all the best in your real estate investing. I hope you have a great evening and wish you all the success. So I'm going to say good night and you guys have a great evening. Yeah, the background, the background noise was like real bad and I, I was wondering if I should make the call, you know, ask the question or not. Well, basically, first of all, it's a pleasure to speak to you. 
number Thank one. Thank you. Who's speaking? Who's speaking? My name is Thurston. I'm calling from New York. Thurston? Yeah. Hi, Thurston. How are you? Okay, get the pleasantries over. Come on. Okay. Here's a question. Um, here's a quick question. I know, you, I know you have to leave and stuff like that. Here's a question. If you're doing a, um, a lease purchase, yes? Um, can, yes. Can you, can a, um, a land trust um, handle lease purchase or do you have to get an LLC? Well, okay. So you have an LLC, which is the trust. Whenever you purchase a property, you're putting it into a land trust. You're taking ownership of a land trust. Your LLC is just a trustee of it. So you're not taking ownership in the LLC. You're taking ownership in the land trust, which your LLC is a trustee. No, I understand. I'm, what I'm asking is that if it's a lease purchase, meaning like you don't, you can't put it uh, it into a land. Oh, oh, for a you lease understand purchase, what I'm saying? then you're doing it, yeah. yeah, through your LLC. All right, so it can't be done through a trust. It has to be done through an LLC, or yes? Yes. Okay. I have one more question to ask you, and I'll let you go. Okay. Hopefully somebody else is on the line. And um, my question is this. Um, the thing is, sometimes when I'm doing the sheet, right, I get to the point where I'm asking them the bank questions. You know what I'm talking about? How much is the mortgage per month? P-I-T-I. That's the point where they, people start to freak a little bit, and they say, well, why do you need to know that? And I tell them, well, uh, I'm doing a thorough um, uh, a thorough question and answer because I need to know, because I don't know how I'm going to approach to acquire your building. I said try to acquire, not buy. And that's basically when all of a sudden slowly the conversation ends, because then they all start asking other questions. Well, do you have X amount of dollars? Do you, I mean, uh, are you credit worthy? So and so all the other stuff and everything like that. How how do you should I uh, basically let let that property pass? Uh, because it seems like you know in a sense the the um, the owner is now becoming kind of a little suspicious or mistrusting mistrusting. Is that a person you want to do business with? Well, so. Um, probably not if they're going to be that hesitant, but my advice to you is you tell them, well, there's different ways that I can structure an offer to you, but it's best to get find out if they're interested in doing terms. If a seller's interested in doing terms, then information will naturally flow and they won't be defensive. So if you don't ask them that question up front and then you start asking them if they are interested in you making a monthly payment to them, and then the information will flow because then you'll just say, okay, well, uh, if you don't know already, if it's not on the sheet and you're calling them for the first time, you just say, do you currently have a payment? Okay, well, uh, what is that payment that I can make each month, including the taxes and insurance? You start out by that, and they let you know, great. So I have no problem making that payment each month. So what is the, so what's the balance of your loan now? And, oh, and... So usually what I do is I make that payment until it's paid out. How many years do you have left on the loan? 25? Oh, I don't want to wait 25. Well, no problem. We can pay it off sooner. How many years can I make a monthly payment until I need to get you paid off in full? 
So that information will naturally flow and you'll flow right into it when you know that the seller's interested in doing terms. And so I don't ask that question from the very beginning. I let it naturally okay. evolve okay. when I know they're interested in doing terms. Okay? All right. Uh, just one last thing before I let you go. I know Ron says do it the Ron way, which is all right, and he's a professional, he's the godfather, so to speak, right? Yeah, that's correct. But sometimes, yeah. sometimes, yeah, sometimes you want to shake it up a little bit because I tell you, sometimes it's frustrating when you go do the sheet and all of a sudden people, they aren't clicking, so you want to try it from a different perspective, so to speak. I mean, some of the core things is, well, you're not going to get a loan. I, that's understood. But you want to say something to elicit an answer because you want to get the property would 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 you understand that a little bit meaning like you don't go ron's way all the way you just do it to basically get information you know so you could get in the deal before you know you have this thing problem with people not trusting you or whatever the case may be that they think things sound a little fishy and you can hear it in their voice can you do things your way well, that is Ron's uh -huh. way. Ron wants you to get the questions answered, and the questions are, are that how much do they, how much are the payments monthly, how much down, and, um, you know, what's the lease they'll take and for how long. So that is Ron's way of getting it. And you want the mortgage information, but it'll naturally flow when you know they're interested in doing terms. You just don't have to start out with the first question being, how much do you owe, which might put them on defensive, because that's not in the script. Not, not as bad. No, not that no I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. Listen, it's a pleasure talking to you. Have a good night. Well, you too. You get out there and take some action and wish you the best of success. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, guys, well, you have a pleasant evening and uh, wish you the best of success and, um, uh, and take massive action. Got to end this call now. Have a good evening. <laughs>